Tanya Fuchov test Tevis but first the story. The Chassid Reb Peretz Machkin would forbring, and one of the stories, or it's Mashalim, his analogies that he would bring at the at his forbringance was like this: that the the chef from the Tsar once prepared a very fancy meal for the Kaiser uh, William of Germany, who was visiting at the time, and they were related, and. They, they, he invited him, he invited him over and had a big banquet and it was very fancy and very nice. And then the, the Kaiser Willem was very impressed with a particular dish. It was like the highlight of the meal and he was so blown away with it. So he asked the Tsar if he could ask his chefs to write down the instructions for this dish because this dish was something unlike any type of meat dish he'd ever had before and he was so blown away and so, and so impressed that he, he needed to have his own men, his own chefs make it. And they wrote down the instructions. They brought the, the Kaiser Willem came back to, to Germany. He gave the instructions to his, um, to his chefs and said, I had this in Russia. It was tasting amazing. This is, these are instructions. And so they, they made it for him. They, they, they put together based on the instructions, the same, um, dish and, they brought it to the to Kaiser Willem, and he was livid. It tasted, it, it smelled disgusting, and he had it. He had it quickly moved from the table. And meanwhile, the chefs were really disappointed. They were, they wanted to make Kaiser Willem, um, you know, happy, and it looks like they got the instructions. So they, they sent a letter to the to the Russians with how you know all the steps they had done in order, you know, following their directions of the recipe, and the chef. The chef looked at the, the, the at the instructions. He thought for a moment, then he burst out laughing, and he said, "That the, the the Germans don't understand. They missed the, the most obvious step. They missed out. That they wrote you have to, that the intestines are stuffed. That's like part of the the the, the ingredients. We're taking the intestines apart and stuffing them with spices and other types of ingredients inside." And they said, and they, they started laughing. They said the German, we didn't write because it was so obvious that the intestines need to first be cleaned before you stuff stuff inside. But of course, you need a, you need a wash and clean the insides of the intestines. That was obvious. So we had no reason to mention it in the ingredients. Of course, they didn't do that and it tasted, and, 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 and now it smelled and tasted disgusting. The, Tanya right now is talking about the actual work, the hard work of the Benani. And what's interesting is we're, the author is really going to only get us started in today's Tanya, but moving along chapter 15, we're going to really start to get into it a lot more. But based on leveraging what the information we used before, we're now going to start making it really abundantly clear the difference between a tzaddik and a benani. Because even in spite of everything we discussed now, we, we get it. The, the benani is perfect in his behavior, and the, the tzaddik is, is also perfect in his behavior, but the difference is the internal anatomy and the way that you know, the, the benani will have impulses. He's not actually in control of his, of his um, system, let's call it, and he, he has impulses, and once dominance over or learning's over, in the case of case of Rabba, he starts to get those impulses again. But now we're going to start to get into like the practical understanding, you know, down to earth with a real, you know, a real verse. And the verse is going to show us the difference. But also this verse is going to show us something which we're not really going to touch on so much today. And that is the certain type of, you know, um, 
comfortableness that Albanian could get in. And this doesn't just apply to Albanian, as I understand it. I believe it applies to everyone equally, that people get into a system. They get into a rote. And, you know, at some point, they're just a good guy because that's what they're used to doing. And uh, Al-Tayyab is going to explain to us that a comfortable Bainani is not really a, a, a hard, a, not really a Bainani who's serving God. In order for a person to serve God, they need to be fetching themselves. They need to be tearing their, themselves apart, washing their insides over and over. And the Altar is going to make that clear. But let's begin, let's first begin from the beginning of chapter 15 and go in, a, in an organized way. Based on everything we discussed now, the differences between a tzaddik and a bainu, we can understand a very famous pasuk. The pasuk says like this, Ushavtem ure'isem ben tzaddik l'rasha. And you will return and you will see the difference between a tzaddik and a rasha between someone who serves God to someone that doesn't serve God. Malachi is having this, 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 this sentence that at first glance seems very easy to understand, but then once you start to dig down, like the is going to, you start to realize, wait a second, the, the verse is really hard to understand. Shahu, and I'll read the, 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 this section, I'll explain it outside. Shahu ba'emes, avoid of The question is, the, the, the verse itself is splitting up. You will turn and return and see the difference between a tzaddik and a rush, a, a righteous person and a wicked person, between a person that serves God and a person that doesn't serve God. So the question is, what are we exactly? What exactly are we talking about when we say between a tzaddik and a rasha, and someone who doesn't serve God and does serve God? We've already made the qualifications of a righteous person and a wicked person. The wicked person obviously doesn't serve God, and a righteous person does serve God. So, what exactly is the differentiation in this verse that seems to be, you know, doubled over on an explanation? What exactly is going on? So it's clear that we're missing context here. The Pasuk in Malachi is clearly talking about other people, not just the Tzaddik and the Rasha, because we already have differentiation between the Tzaddik and the Rasha. So, says the, says the Al-Tarebbe, if you look carefully, it says, Bein Oyvedelekim, between someone who serves God. A Tzaddik isn't someone that serves God. A Tzaddik is someone who serves God. He doesn't, his actions is not someone, he doesn't have to deal with serving God as his challenge, because he's someone who serves God. He's not someone who is in the process. It's not a verb for him. He served God. Now he's someone who he he you know he does what's correct. He does all the but serving God in, in in the in the in the in the active form that he's someone who has to struggle with it. He doesn't have to struggle against evil. He's someone who's already perfect, as we explained over and over. Who is someone who has to struggle? The Bainani. Avotzadik Nikur Eved Hashem. Atzadik is called a servant of God. He's not, a, he's not it's not a verb, it's a noun, it's a title. He's a servant of God. You see, by the way, in the, in the verses, for example, Yeshua, constantly being called a servant of God. He's not someone who has to struggle with serving God. So Yeshua was the, the, arguably the second greatest Jewish leader after Moshe. He didn't have to deal with struggles. He's the servant of God. But Shem has a title. When, when, you, when someone is so accomplished in wisdom, you don't call him, oh, he's a, a student of wisdom. He might be humble and call himself, and the truth is, most people are still that because we don't have many people who are truly wise anymore. But you call him, you call him a, a wise man because he's accomplished wisdom. So now it's his title, or a king. While he's trying to become a king, you don't say, "Oh, he's he's accomplishing kingship." 
He's kinging. No, he's a king. He's already accomplished that. Now he's the king of the kingdom of the country. Very good. You don't call him a person that tries to become a king. He's a king. So the Rebbe says same thing with a, with a tzaddik. A tzaddik is someone who is a servant of God. A benini is serves. He does the the verb. He's not someone who serves. He's not a server of God yet. He serves God. He's doing that action because he's still trying. He's still trying to accomplish it. The Rebbe, of course, is going to continue on this in tomorrow's Tanya and explain. Firstly, the differences within the Baini and, and the Tzaddik, as we already explained, but also what's going to be really beautiful is explaining the diff, two different, the second ty- of, um, half of the verse is explaining the two different types of Baini. There's a Baini who serves God and a Baini who doesn't serve God. And of course, we're, we're going to try to understand, well, hold up, a Baini that doesn't serve God, how is that even possible? And that, that will be tomorrow's Tanya. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya. The Tanya is Leil Nishma Shimon Abbas Peretz. And anyone else in the need of Shlema, and also for the success of all the Jews around the world, especially for the soldiers who were defending the Jewish people, have a wonderful and very successful day, and thanks so much for joining.